so in our study for Philippians. No, Philippians. <laughs> it's it's it seem, might seem like a continuation of Ephesians, but it's not. Do <laughs> you might need the Philippians two handout? Praise the Lord, I had enough today. All right. All right, Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse, uh, verse 19. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state, for all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ's. But you know the proof of him that, as a son with a father, <clears throat> he has served with me in the gospel. Him, therefore, I hope to send presently, so soon as I shall see how it will go with me. But I trust in the Lord that I also myself shall come shortly. And uh, and we talked about this briefly, I think, last week, uh, that, you know, even even Paul, uh, you know, the servant of God that he was, apostle of Christ, he also had to wait on prayers. He had to wait and see what God's return answer will be. And, of course, that's knowing that God's, God is going to give an answer, and it is going to be his will, and it's going to be also for our benefit, no matter how we see it or understand it. But God is always working in ways that we cannot understand. But uh, there is, it is part of the Christian life that we must wait and see how things will, will, will play out. And, uh, and our place is to trust in the Lord about all those things. So letter B at the end of at the bottom of page seven, excuse me, letter B. That, so this is continuing on from the previous page, uh, starting on item number seven, Paul's communication to know the Philippian state, how they were doing. And uh, his love for the brethren is kind of like what we're talking about today. And so I have my, my, uh, my notes uh, say Paul's example of, of loving God's people uh, and there's something you can see in Acts chapter, Acts chapter 20, in verse 36. Actually, yeah, let's look at uh, verse 25. So we're going to skip around a little bit here. I would like to read it all, but trying to be concise. <laughs> so Acts chapter 20. This is Paul. He's he is on the he's on a ship heading back to. Um, <laughs> He's heading back to Jerusalem, and all the way he's been hearing messages from prophets and from men of God telling him bonds and affliction wait for him uh, as he's going there. And there's a lot of different perspectives about that. We won't really get into that, but the point is he's meeting with the Ephesian uh, uh, elders, and he he is meeting with them because you know he cares about them, he cares about the ministries, and it's also sort of his opportunity to. Uh, Meet with them on a on a on a basis of you know well let's just go ahead and read <laughs> so Acts chapter twenty verse twenty five um, so it says and now behold I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more 
Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. And let's skip on down to verse 36. Yeah, 36. It says, And when he had thus spoken, he kneeled down and prayed with them all. And they all wept sore and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spake, that they should see his face no more. And they accompanied him into the, unto the ship. And so there's a great deal about this passage that shows Paul and his love for brethren and their love for him. And this is the way it's meant to be. This is the way it's meant to be that we are meant to love the Lord and love each other. And God's presence in our lives is meant to do these things. Because, listen, again, I've said this before, there's nothing in the Christian life that you and I can do. Not one thing. Not when it comes to the most basic of things. Not when it comes to the most, the most basic thing of just loving each other. We can know that we should. And we can expect that we should do these things. But accept that God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, enable us. We cannot do the least of the things. That, 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 so, but, but this, what you see here, is the things that should be produced in a Christian's life. Love for the Lord. Love for each other. That's what should be happening in every brother and sister's life that God created in us a love for him and for the brethren. Matter of fact, I think it's First uh, John that says that uh, if we don't have that, <laughs> that, it's a, that, that's a testimony that something integral is missing. And it's something we need to be dreadfully concerned about if we don't have love toward the brethren. And so Paul's example of loving God's people and them loving him. And so then the next point down, it's here in your notes, is Timothy learned as a son with the father the ministry of loving and serving God and his people. And uh, so I have this note underneath that, that loving people is a ministry given to the saints, and it's not restricted just to saints. And, of course, that's something we all understand, this idea of loving people who are easy to love. (laughs) That is not what God has called us to do. Our place is to love people like he did. I, I have this uh, this uh, example of his in Mark, Mark chapter 10. I'd like you guys to see this. Mark chapter 10 in verse 17. Mark chapter 10, verse 17. In Mark chapter 10, verse 17, it says, And when he was gone forth into the way... There came one one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and mother. Now let me just pause right here and talk about the fact that I believe what you see here is the Lord meeting him where he is his perspective is that he is already good enough and you see that you see you see this as you as you see the exchange here and uh matter of fact so after the lord jesus says and he he gives a few of the ten commandments not all of them and he if you'll if you'll remember one of the, the the first first and great commandment is love the lord thy god that's not even mentioned here and so all these things, he, he lays out just a few of, of the Ten Commandments. And so uh, and it says in verse 20, And he answered and said, this is the, the, the uh, one that came running, it says, And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him. Now if you know the way this story goes, this man does not 
become a disciple. He does not become a follower of Christ. He does not become a, a child of God. So as far as we know, well, the record for us is he walks away. He does not take anything that's being offered from... And, and so let me just go ahead and read. And he answered and said unto him, The Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and he went a great way grieved, for he had great possessions. And so if you just stop there, that would be enough to answer what's what you see there. But as you go on, you see the Lord Jesus' commentaries. He speaks to his disciples about this. He says, And Jesus looked around about and saith unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words. Now in their society, it was, it was a little perceived differently than ours in that men, rich men who gave abundantly and did these uh, things and were seen as the pinnacle of their society. Uh, they were perceived as people who might have an extra leg up <laughs> in getting to heaven. And you see what the Lord Jesus says, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answereth again and saith unto them, Children, how hard it is for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they were astonished out of measure, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? And Jesus, looking upon them, saith, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. And so what the Lord is speaking there to is the fact that there is something in rich men's lives that quickly pulls them away from the simple trusting in Jesus Christ, the simple exercising of faith in Christ and his work, because that is the only thing that saves. You cannot come to God presenting anything. You can't present, look, Lord, look how what a decent person I am, or, or look how I'm not as bad as these people over here, or Lord, look at my works, or anything like that. None of these things can make us acceptable in God's eyes. Only Christ and our accepting of His work can make us acceptable to God. That is what it justifies us. That's what the Scriptures teach. His work, His work of redemption is how I can be clean in God's eyes. Because no matter what you do to be a decent person cannot erase the sin problem that every human being on planet Earth that's been born since Adam and Eve has, with the exception of Jesus Christ. Because God was his father. His blood was divine. And so he was not a sinner, but he came and offered himself in the room of sinners. And so that is the way in which man can be saved. But here you see the rich, the, the, this is what was referred to as the rich young ruler. He had come, and I believe what he was looking for was justification for who he already was. And it's amazing how much of humanity is right there. They expect to be justified for the person that they are already, for the Albie. Burden off, and that's the way the rich man have to do too. Is get down on his knees and pray 
get all his burdens off. But he wouldn't be his, he wouldn't be as willing to do that as the camel would. The mm. camel just get down because he's obedient to his master. He goes through, so it's easier for the camel to get through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to go to heaven. So, so that's, yeah, that, that's a contextual thing of that time, and that could very well be true. <laughs> uh, also, I, what the, the way I like to look at this passage is it is impossible for a camel to go through a, need, a needle's eye. That's not possible in any way. And that's, that's a, a very similar truth to how man can be saved. The thing is about, about a camel is it can get down on its knees and go through, you know, but man saving himself, that's not possible. That's not possible or conceivable in any way that a man could make himself redeemed in God's eyes. And so, listen, that, and, and that, the way that ended with, with men, it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. And so uh, these things are, and, and so, anyway, our point of looking at this whole passage was verse 21. So this is him speaking to the rich young ruler. And again, he's looking for that. You're, you're doing great. Don't worry. You're fine. <laughs> I think a lot of humanity comes to God in that way. Lord, look at me. <laughs> and, um, and then the Bible says in verse 21, then Jesus beholding him loved him. And so no matter where people are, no matter what their lives look like, and again, it's listen, it's hard for us to identify sometimes with people that are, you know, so diversely apart from us. And sometimes when you've walked with the Lord for some period of time, you begin to, at least it's possible to begin, you can begin having a, you know, they should know better. They shouldn't be like this. They shouldn't do those things. And listen, that that's true. But listen, we're all there, though. Even for that person who's walked with God for many years. And God has made many changes in your life. At the, at the same point in time in which we're looking at someone else and seeing, man, their lives are a mess. And that's probably true. But the truth is, is God is still having patience with us. No matter where we think we are, God is still having patience with us. And so our place is to recognize that as God is being patient with me, I need to be patient with others. At the same time, that does not, we don't, we don't, we don't excuse sin. We don't make excuses for sin. But at the same time, we should, as the Lord Jesus, love people. Look for God to, to seek for God, to work and, and bless others as he has blessed me. And that's, that's of course, the perspective I think that's, that's very needing, needful in our hearts that as God has blessed me, I want him to bless others. And, um, and so Timothy learned, this is back in your notes, Timothy learned as a son with the father the ministry of loving and serving God and his people. And so uh, letter C here in your notes is Paul expected to be delivered and come personally to the brethren at Philippi. So as he was writing this letter, he was saying he wanted to he had he was saying how he didn't have a lot of disciples or friends or brothers or sisters who were concerned about God's work and God's blessing people. And he that just it, it, let me just back up to Philippians um, uh Verse 19, but I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state, for all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ's. But you know the proof of him that as a son with the Father he has served with me in the gospel. Him therefore I hope to send presently, so soon, soon as I shall see how it will go with me. But I trust in the Lord that I also myself shall come shortly. So you see a, gr- a good deal of 
how much Paul cared for the Philippians in that he was sending Timothy, who was his like his son. He was a son in the faith. And his own son in the faith, he was sending because he cared about the state of the Philippians and wanted to know that they were okay, wanted to know that they were walking with God. I love how John says in the uh, the the the, uh, the uh, first first second and third John about how how important it was and what a blessing it was for him to see brothers and sisters walking with God. Because there's nothing more heartbreaking than to see saints of God falling apart and falling away from the Lord. And Paul saw this firsthand in his life, and we're probably going to talk about that at some point soon. <laughs> so uh, number, letter C here in the notes is, Paul expected to be delivered and come personally to the brethren at Philippi. And, uh, and so I have this note underneath that, that the Lord delivered Paul many times. And so as Paul looks at his situation, he is in prison. He is probably, I, I think pretty certainly, being threatened with death for preaching the gospel of Christ. And so it was a, it was a dire situation. But God has faithfully delivered Paul at this point many times. And so as Paul is facing a dire situation Paul is expressing the fact that he expects God will deliver him out of this one too. I want you guys to see this with me in 2 Timothy. Um, I, I think this is, I hope this is as, as inspiring to you as it is to me about how, you know, when I get into dire situation, or what feels like a dire situation to me, I can, ta- I can uh, get great help and hope from seeing how God has been faithful in other people's lives. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Again, this is something that the scriptures teach that Christians need to understand and embrace that difficulties, hard times, trials, adversity, they are part of the Christian life. And really, they're part of everyone's lives across the globe. Suffering, difficulties, they are part of life. Then, on on top of that, there is the, the fact that if you're a child of God, you will face adversity on planet Earth. Why? Because... Generally, the kingdoms of this world are not following God. They are not following the Lord Jesus Christ. And there is religion and there is wars based upon religion. There is, <laughs> there is no fear of God and wars based upon that. And it's happening all across the globe. And it, it is frightening to me looking at our own country and the lack of the fear of God that is among our own people right now. Right now. And the thing is, is you have some calamity. We Back, back in uh, 9-11, there was a brief people flooding the churches. And it was very brief, a few months. And then all those people that flooded into the churches dispersed. And so I, I'm, not, I'm not hating on that. What I'm saying is, is there is a distinct lack of the fear of God. And what does the Bible say? The beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. And yet you have people across our goal, our glo- the globe and across our country, and it's in many different ways, many di- but, but even, even most specifically culturally. People seem to be embracing the most heinous things. 
and then calling it evil if you say, I don't agree. Not even, I'm not marching outside your house and I'm not threatening to do harm to you for believing these things. I'm just saying I don't believe. <laughs> I believe. Hey, I have a right as a U.S. citizen to believe that what God says is true is true. I have that right. The Constitution protects that right. But we have people fleeing these things now. And now people across the nation are embracing foulness, vile things, and saying it's evil if you don't too. And listen, there's only one thing for a child of God to do, and that's to stick to your guns. Believe the Lord Jesus Christ and walk in his ways. So anyway, the point is, is affliction, difficulties, adversities, they're part of life. And then for a child of God, (laughs) there's another layer because the world is going one way and God tells us to go the other way. That means you're going to go against the flow. And so our place is to not not. And the thing is, I am being a hypocrite here because I. I look at the news for five minutes and I'm discouraged, I'm depressed, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, and I can't look at it anymore. So, uh, you know, other than for Bing points, because I get 150 Bing points that eventually, like six months down the road, I can get a $10 Amazon gift card. (laughs) So you know what I do? I scroll and I click, 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 click. (laughs) Sometimes I see something, oh man, I wish I hadn't clicked on that. So I don't know why I told you that. Um, just put it on the therapist tab. <laughs> um, where was I? <laughs> afflictions. So anyway, Paul has been delivered many times from afflictions. And we're not going to finish. <clears throat> yeah. If you continue on what you were in, to, uh, to Timothy. Yeah. Where he says in 13, that evil men and seducers yeah. shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Amen. Yeah. What it's like. What? Not going to get better. Right. And, and, you know, so I can't tell you how many times I think, man, the world has never been worse than it is now. But you look at the Bible. There was a Sodom in which God destroyed with fire and brimstone from heaven and the surrounding cities. And there was men of God with foul things in their lives. You know, these, this, the world has always, ever since the Garden of Eden, sin came into the human race and man has been evil we're not basically good we're evil and god has to save us from that miss barbara yeah um just a funny note um i saw a t-shirt that says normal's not returning (laughs) amen (laughs) amen i like that i got her it's a shirt like that and i have a hat like that (laughs) and i i agree normal does not appear to be coming back and so uh we'll have to pick up here next week and uh thank you all for being here and listening so well Thank you, Lord, for this time we've had. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And thank you for the truth that we have. And we do pray that you help us to hold on to you, Lord. We so, so much need to just hang on to you and not let go. And we pray, Lord, you help us to get through this this time. Lord, help us to get through this time praising you, bringing glory to you. And, Lord, help us to be like you and help us to love people like you love them. Help us to reach out to them and seek to minister to them as long as they'll give us place to to do so. And we pray that you help us to be your people. Please bless in the coming hour for your glory. We do ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. By the way, I want to tell you guys how much I appreciate you because every year at VBS, (laughs) I see see, uh, all kinds of situations where... You know, anyway, I, I like teaching people who like being taught. <laughs> I like teaching people who like being taught.
taught the things of God. I am very thankful for every one of you, and I praise God for you letting me be here. And uh, praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. What's that? Yeah, yeah. Just finishing up. Thank you. Anybody that doesn't want to hang on to your uh, Philippians handouts, just pass it back.